Hi, friend. You're listening to The Alchemy of the Human Experience, and I'm Giselle Beaumet, an ancestral healing guide, transpersonal hypnotherapist, and Afro-Indigenous bruja. And in this podcast, we talk about all things mind, body, spirit, wellness, with a strong focus on spirit. If this is your first time here, welcome, get comfy, listen in, and thank you for being here with me. And if you're a regular listener, I love you so much for coming back and listening again. Thank you so much. So today's episode, we're talking about raising teens and feeling really good about the relationship between you and your teen. Before we start, I want to remind you to sign up for the free five days of magical experiences that begins March 21st. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll learn how to unlock just a few of your magical abilities to live a better, calmer, manifesting, juicy life. You can sign up at granolababies.com. It's completely free to participate. Okay, so let's begin. You might have a teen or preteen. And if you're here, you know that your parenting life changes big time from when they were little, not necessarily in a bad way, despite what people say. If you've heard me speak on this before, you know that I love having teens. Not that I didn't love having younger children, I did, but I'm genuinely also really, really enjoying having teens, contrary to popular belief about teens. And honestly, I give full credit to this, to intentional, conscious parenting, and even more so, to be honest, continuously doing inner work as an individual. I mean it when I say that parenting is an inside job. But here you are, you have a preteen or a teen, and you want to experience these years feeling good, your teen feeling good, and with harmony and connection. So how do you do that? Well, here are my nine tips on how to achieve that. Now keep in mind, there are more than these ways, but these are the ones that I have worked hard on, and they have worked really well for me as I raise my teens. Currently, I have three teens and soon I'll have a preteen because my youngest is turning nine in a couple of months. Damn, that's insane to me. I still think of them many ways as babies. Like I'll look at them and I'm seeing, you know, their bodies are teen bodies and yet I see through that and I some days still see them as toddlers talking to me through these teen bodies <laughs> is you always will see your babies as your babies, but you have teens or you have preteens. And so parenting has to shift a little bit once they're teens. Okay, I'm going to go back once again to say that parenting is an inside job. And so as you're raising your teens, you're still reparenting yourself. That work doesn't stop. Your growth as an individual doesn't stop. It's, it's an ongoing, beautiful, continuous transformation that you are on through parenting. Get on that inside work if you're not doing enough of it. 
okay? If you have teens, compared to when they were toddlers, you have a little bit more time. So you have to give some of that time to yourself. If you haven't joined the Alchemy, do that because that gives you bite-sized workshops that you can start working on that inner work so that you can match the level that you need to be consciously for having a really good experience with your teens. Okay, number one, get off the control mode. And if you're not in the control mode, good for you. But a lot of parents with teens and preteens are still in the control mode. Okay, what do I mean by that? When they were little, when they were toddlers, you kind of got to set the pace of what your days were going to look like, what you were going to do. And if your toddlers were like anything like mine, they were just happy to go along with it. You know, (laughs) like they just were going to do what you set for the day to do. And uh, and they just kind of flow with you because actually children before the age of nine, they see themselves as just an extension of you. So they flow along with you. Now that you have preteens and teens, that's not the case. And so you can't have that level of quote unquote, control with preteens and teens. And so if you're still stuck on this is how I want it to be. And because I say it, this is how it needs to be. And I have these rules and these guidelines, and we just need to do it the way that I set that up. It's not going to work. Because your teen has already, by the time they're, they're teenagers, you've already done the core of your parenting job. And you've already set the foundations for how those teen years are going to go. They're not going to let you control them. (laughs) In fact, if you try to control a teen, what's going to happen is they're going to clash in ways with you. And that's going to take a hit on your relationship. So you have to release control. You don't have control of your teens. You have to release that control. And for the parents who are like, no, I do. I control my teen. Oh, my dear, my dear, my dear. You know how <laughs> how many stories I've heard where parents think that's what's happening and their teens are doing otherwise? I many, 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 many stories. So your false sense of control is just not there. You're not really controlling them. It was happening instead is that it's taken a hit on the relationship. And one set, whether it's your teen or you, are having a hard time doing parenting in a really honest, transparent way. Release it, let it go. It's a lot better when you just let go of that control. Number two, time with them. Time with them. So what you have in your hands right now is just literally a handful of years left before they're adults. These are the times that really make such a difference for the rest of your parenting journey while they're under the age of 18, before they become adults, because parenting obviously still continues once they're adults. But you have them with you right now. And so what you can give them is time. 
I highly encourage you to learn your child's love language. So you can look up the love language quiz and have your child take it. So have your preteen and your teenager take the love language quiz and they can learn their their love language. It's helpful to them because they can give themselves love through their own love language, but also for you to know how your child, how your teenager and your preteen interprets love how they want to be loved, and then give that to them. So if they want quality time, then do that. Spend that one-on-one quality time with them. Make it a point to do that. If they are ones that love words of affirmations, then you you know your assignment. <laughs> you understand the assignment. You're going to give them words of affirmations. So you speak their love language and you give them the time as you're doing that. And that time is valuable time because they're busy. They have a lot of peers that are influencing them. They have school that is gets pretty hard in high school, starts to get high, hard on ju- in junior high. And so they're busy. I know you're busy, but that time is everything. Make the time for time with your teens. You will not regret it. And they will appreciate that you're doing that with them. Number three, take interest in what they are interested in. And really important, do it without judgment. So if they're into a video game, let's say Call of Duty, I have one that likes Call of Duty, show interest in that. That's what your child likes and enjoys. Children desire our approval and so do teenagers. And so without judgment, Ask questions about the game. Sit next to them while they're playing. Learn how to play it. Like just take interest in the things that they're interested in. If it's watching a show, talking about world politics, if it's anime. By the way, I'm just naming some of the things that my kids are interested in. (laughs) And so I get to talk to them about these things because I take the time to show interest in the things that they're interested in. Because I care, I want to know what they're interested in. And I'm interested because they're interested in it. And I know it's the same for you. So show them that by taking interest in what they're interested in. And then do it without judgment. Like just just be there as, you know, a person that loves them unconditionally and enjoy the things that they enjoy. Be available. Again, going back to how busy we all are. Be available. So when your child wants to talk to you, if you're busy and you can't do it right now, then bookmark it. Let them know, hey, right now I'm not able to pay 100% attention to you because I'm still finishing this project. Let me wrap that up. It'll be about half hour and then I can give you my undivided attention and be available. So if you cannot be available at the moment, tell them when you can be available. And then check your inventory of all the things that you do so that you can reduce some of your load and instead replace it with availability for your teens when they need you. Number five, teach your life lessons through actions. Of course, you're also going to teach them verbally. You're going to talk about verbally what matters to you. And, and, but more importantly than verbally, it's going to be them watching you do the thing. If, if you're like me and cultural awarenesses 
and social justice are things that matter to you and are life lessons. Life lessons, meaning I have done the work, I have done the research, I have lived the life of that, and it's important to me to pass that on to my children, then you're going to do that, yes, through conversations that you have when you're spending time with them and when you're available to them, but also you're going to do it through actions, having them participate in some of the things that you do. For me, cultural awareness is what I can do really well with my teens. We'll go and experience other cultures. We'll experience their foods. We'll experience the communities. We're experiencing their style, their lifestyle, their culture, everything about the culture. And with appreciation, not appropriation, with appreciation, we'll go spend our money within that community when we go do experiences so that my children are exposed to all sorts of cultures and communities, and they get to be part of them as a guest. And so that's important to me. So that's something that I want to pass on to my children, because I want them to take that seed of those actions, and then go do good stuff in the world for marginalized communities, because we do specialize as a family, we specialize in lifting up marginalized communities. Through the life lessons that you want your kids to take with them, do them in actions. Here's another one. It's important for me, for my kids to know their Afro-Indigenous side of their family. My kids are are mixed. So I'm Afro-Indigenous and their dad is from Turkey. So they have three different cultures that they get to experience. And my children are first generation Americans for um, second generation for me, first generation for their dad. For us, we definitely want them to take the cultures that, that they're from and learn those lessons. For me, I want them to be really well-versed on the Afro-Indigenous culture. And so I do pass on to them herbal medicines that I know, the Taino practices that I know, the ancestral healings that I know. And of course, they've seen that as part of my life since they were babies. But now as, as my teens are getting older, I mean, I literally have one where I have one more year before she's an adult. I'm really focusing on passing all passing on those lessons to them. This is your opportunity to do that, but through actions. Number six, build a relationship. Always be building a relationship. Because again, you can't control and control will definitely ruin a relationship. And if you notice, none of these are going to be about rules or parenting tools that you apply to your teen. Because you you did the majority of that already. <laughs> now, now what you're doing is like you're almost like you're finishing touches as you're building stronger and stronger relationships with your older children now, your teenagers. Be building a relationship at all time. Be really mindful of the things that can harm that relationship. Like when we are having conflict, if there's something that... I I might have like a parenting or a household guideline and that guideline is is that boundary is really getting 
pounded on and we might have some conflict. I don't care that much about that boundary if it's affecting my relationship with my child. Then I'm going to take a different approach to it. The relationship with my child is way more important to me than some guideline or boundary that I have set in place. Because if it's going to hit on that relationship, then I have to question where that boundary came from. And we have to together, you know, the, my teenager and me, we have to come up with a solution that meets my needs that I have for our household and also meets their needs as teenagers. So I'm not, I'm not a dictator. I'm not going to be like, because I said that this is important, I don't care whether you're upset with it or not. I'm going to find some sort of a problem-solving solution between the two of us, both of us together, to keep that relationship intact. Number seven, take accountability. You're going to mess up. Your kid's going to mess up. But you're going to mess up a lot. <laughs> because you're parenting ages that you haven't done before. And even if you've done it before with an older kid, you're parenting a brand new kid in that age, right? So you haven't done that age with that kid. And you're also human. You're going to mess up. So when you do, take accountability. Let your kid know, hey, I'm sorry. That was not how I wanted a parent that is not the best of me. I've recognized that I need a little bit of growing in this way, and I'm going to be working on it. Let your kid know through doing that. Let your kid know that this is how this is how we engage with human beings when we mess up. We we own it, and we also let them know how we're going to correct it. Number eight rituals. Create rituals that build your family unit. So I've talked a lot in the past about rituals for yourself and your self-wellness and your self-care. And a lot of the work that we do in the alchemy is about the rituals that we do for ourselves. In this case, I'm talking about rituals that you do as a family. These rituals are to build that strong family unit. Here's an example. For my family, dinner is a ritual. We have sit-down dinner as a family every night. Dinner is a core ritual for us to the point that only occasionally can one of them be out for dinner. And that's because whatever event they are doing really requires that they're out during that time. But for everything else, they're here for dinner. That ritual involves setting a beautiful table for our dinner time, lighting a candle for dinner. It involves lively conversation. Our ritual even involves how we empty our plates after dinner and what happens after dinner. The flow of our dinner is the same every evening. And it is, is an expectation that the children have, that my teens have, that as a family, we sit down and we have dinner. Oh my goodness. I, just so you know, <laughs> There's research surrounding this, and, and I love it. I love it when modern-day research is just proving what we have always known in indigenous cultures, you know, that, that having rituals as a family is, is wellness, is family wellness. 
But one of the things that has found that has been found in research is having one meal together increases the quality time of the entire family, the confidence level of the children, and the security of the children, just one meal together. So that might be breakfast, lunch, dinner, pick one. <laughs> we do have breakfast together every morning. Lunch is always optional, whether they have it separately or they're out. But dinner is, again, we come back together and we end our evening together. Is such a ancestral way of living is to come together for mealtimes. And so if you have found that you've all gotten so busy that you haven't been able to do that, that's like one of the simplest ways to have research evidence-based actions that bring you all together through simply having a meal together. So create rituals within your unit. Make it look however you want, but ritual means that it's consistent and it has a pattern and a flow. My final tip for you as you are raising your preteens and your teens and what has worked really well for me and enjoying the process of having teens and my teens also feeling good is to remember that the child you have is the child you love. If you've put in your mind some sort of expectation of what your teen should be like and your teen is not matching that, then your expectation is off. Love the child you have exactly as your child is. Your child, your teenager desires unconditional love for who they are. So drop all of those expectations you might have and love the child you have as they are. So if you're struggling and having issues with your teens, I encourage you so much to look inward towards yourself. And second, to practice some of these tips, in particular, the one on building relationships and love the child you have exactly as they are unconditionally and without judgment. Do the same for yourself, by the way. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that these tips were helpful. I would love to hear from you which ones you're going to implement, or if you are raising teens, loving the experience and want to share some of your tips, send me a DM on Instagram or go to granolababies.com and send me an email. If I can ask of you to do a favor that I would highly love you for is go to where to wherever you're listening to this and click on the show and go to the reviews and then leave a five-star review for the show. Thank you so much. Be well. <laughs>